This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. This is Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, so this time around, episode 107, we had a couple of special guests um, once again, uh, my cousin Mike and a friend of mine, Chuck. Basically, we just uh, pretty much previewed and talked about the upcoming NFL draft on Thursday. Um, as you are listening to this, it's Wednesday night, uh, the day, the night before the draft. So we talked a couple hours ago, you know, just about the upcoming NFL draft and who the New York Giants in particular should be looking at, um, and you know who they should be looking at in the uh, in the later rounds as well. So we talked a lot on that. Pretty much, that was the majority of the ep- of the episode. Um, now I'm not the biggest NFL fan, so most of the episode is. Those you'll you'll see those two giving their insight, you know, and I'm just kind of asking the questions because I'm not the biggest NFL guy, but we did touch a little bit on on the Knicks and on the NBA draft, which whenever that may be, it'll be um something we're all keeping an eye on as well. Um so that's what this episode is gonna be about. But yes, let's talk real briefly about the Knicks and you know their upcoming and the upcoming draft and their choices. Um we we've kind of discussed discussed this in the past with um with who the Knicks should look at versus who they will and might potentially be looking at, you know, it's not the the most, it's not the deepest draft class. You know, the the prospects in this class aren't the most talented, but there are some options here that, you know, do intrigue me to some extent. Um, you know, I've wrote a couple of, first of all, I think they need a point guard badly and they've been looking for a point guard forever. I don't think that point guard is, gonna come through free agency. I'm not a big fan of anybody out there. I'm not a Van Vliet guy, maybe as a last resort, but I wouldn't I don't know. I'm not really a big Van Vliet guy. Um and I wouldn't want to trade either. I don't like the CP three trade rumors. So I think if they're going to get their point guard it should be in the draft. But again it's not again it's not the deepest draft. But I did write down a few names. I jotted down a couple of guys that wrote uh Got a little bit of a scouting report on each of them. We're going to go over them really briefly. Um, in, in order, I guess we'll go in order from my, you know, preferables, you know, my favorites. Um, first one I've got, I got LaMelo Ball written down. Now this is, listen, this guy comes with, we talked about him a little bit too in the show, but this guy comes with a lot of ifs. Obviously, I think my biggest con here is 
LeVar Ball. How is LeVar Ball and the whole Ball family drama going to to pan out here in, in NYC and at Madison Square Garden, nonetheless? You know, I just feel like the Ball family, it's, it's kind of like the Kardashians of the NBA. So he comes with a lot of drama, a lot of attention, obviously. But he is a talented kid. I think he's a very good scorer. He's a three-level scorer. Um, he can hit you shots on the inside. He's got a nice mid-range floater game going. Um, and he can shoot the three ball. Um, so he's got a nice versatile offensive game. Um, his shot is not the most orthodox. It's kind of unorthodox, but it has a good arc on it. And, you know, when he takes smart shots, they go in. Um, and he gets the rim, again, mostly um, due to a great crossover. So he, he can attack the rim, put the ball on the floor. Got a good bag of tricks with a, a tight handle. And he's very crafty around the rim. Uh, Mello is a an am- ambidextrous. I think that's how you say it. He's an ambidextrous finisher at the rim. Um, he's very crafty around the rim. So you can use both hands. He likes to use the backboard when he needs to. Um, he can finish in traffic. And again, he has a nice floater to use um, as well. Um, yes, he has good ball handling and a good shot creator. He can create shots for himself and for others. Um, another you know, benefit to him being ambidextrous is using both hands as a passer as well. He can sh- he can shoot, he can pass, he can finish with both hands. Um, so that's good. That's a positive there. I have. I have also got that he's very shifty with the ball, likes to change speed. So he's not the most athletic. Doesn't have that first step to blow by defenders, but he is shifty. He uses his shiftiness and changes speeds, and you know he can play um, either an up tempo game or he can slow it down and play the half court game at times too. So that's a positive there. But overall, I think he's a player with a high IQ. Sometimes he doesn't always use his, you know, smarts. But when he's locked in, he's got a very high IQ. Um, great instincts. He reacts and reads defenses quickly. He can read a layer, layers of defenses. He can read them very well. He knows what's coming. Um, I think he's got great court awareness, good court vision. He'll find the open man when he needs to. When the help defense comes, he will kick it out and make the accurate pass. He'll make the safe pass, the flashy pass, and... You know, things like that. He'll make, uh, he's very good at, at throwing the outlet pass. So the mellow ball, most of his game is, is based around scoring and playmaking. And I think right there, that's really what the Knicks need. So that's kind of why he's my number one option when we're looking at the, the point guards and the guards of the draft. I think Mello is probably the best of the class. Um, he plays good in pick and roll, can pick and pop as well, can play that game as both a shooter and if he needs to, to roll out and act as the big, um, he can do that as well. He's a six seven point guard, so he's got good size at that position, right? Um, so those are some of his strengths. Um, I also have, though, I think what's really important here is that somebody like Melo is, he's very good off the ball. He can play off the ball offensively, and I think that's huge. You know, most people, I think he has, kind of has a, has a, a misleading reputation as being because he likes to shoot, but he's not, not ball dominant. It doesn't, it's not like he needs to go ISO to, to dominate the game. He can be very effective, excuse me, as somebody who plays off the ball and plays as a cutter. He can score, he could play with other scorers. So I think that'll be well, mesh well with somebody like RJ Barrett. You know, that's not a concern there. You can play him with RJ for an extended period of time and have them share the court together. So I think that's a positive there. Um, he's also a good solid rebounder for somebody at that point guard position. Six, seven, he'll grab you about, oh, he grabbed what? Eight rebounds a night um, this past season um, for his uh, Australian team. 
the Hawks. So he's a good rebounder for his size, a good scorer, a good three-level passer, um, and just does a lot of good things offensively. Now, where his you know, the knock on him is that sometimes he's a little bit too smooth, you know, a little too cool, calm, and collected, and that will lead to piss-poor shot selection. That will lead to you know deep-ass threes or just contested shots that you really that just bug you, that piss you off at times. So that's you know a very big concern of mine. And we mentioned that he's not the biggest athlete, not the most explosive. Um, poor shot selection. I also have written down here that he sometimes tends to drift too much and plays, you know, just kind of floats on both ends. Um, defensively, he'll try to play, you know, as a run out. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out something happened on my screen. Sorry. Um, but, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, defensively, sometimes Melo can you know, kind of cherry pick and play the run out so much and you know, try to try to get back before the possession is over and that, that kind of bugs me. Um and then again there's whole there's that whole Lavar Ball thing. So how does he fit in Madison Square Garden with all the attention, all the drama. But overall, I would still prefer if we're looking at point guards and if we're gonna draft a, a guard, I still think Melo is the best one available. At least he has the highest ceiling available. We'll put it that way. Um but <clears throat> excuse me, there are a lot of downsides as well. But that's what I've got for, for LaMelo Ball. Um, I also have Killian Hayes. Now, he was originally the number one guy I was looking at, but kind of uh, I've put him at number two, my second preference here. But he's, again, he's another solid option. Um, a good scorer. Uh, maybe eventually he'll be a three-level scorer. He still has to work on the three-point shot, which we will touch on in a sec. But, <clears throat> excuse me, um... Don't worry, I'm not sick. Um, but he's a good scorer, can shoot on the inside, can shoot the mid-range um, effectively enough. Um, but most of his, you know, when he does score, he most of his um, points are generated from penetrating the lane, you know, exceptionally well, using his great burst and suddenness to blow by defenders and get to the rim and, you know, occasionally posterize you, to be honest. He's got an explosive first step to blow by defenders and beat defenses that way. Um, that's where his offensive scoring comes from. Um, he's he's got good size at six four, playing the point guard position. You know, good enough size to where he can be a combo guard. So he's not just a lead guard, but he's a shooting guard as well. Um, at six four two sixteen, a creative ball handler has a lot of moves. Um, you know, an outstanding crossover, shakes and bakes a whole lot. Can create his own shot and shots for others as well because of his ability to uh, dribble the ball. Uh, and he pushes the pace fast. Um, I think a big part of Killian Hayes' his game is passing, and he has a high IQ. He's a very high IQ passer, very willing passer, a good setup man, good team-oriented guy who will make the winning plays A um, another three-level passer, to be honest with you. Um, and Killian Hayes is a dominant passer when he uses his left hand. He's a very effective live-action left-handed passer, Hayes is. So... Draws a lot of fouls I have written down here. Converts those free throws at an exceptional rate as well. So he doesn't just get to the line, but he will convert at the same time. Um, plays a good effort. Um, I'm sorry. Puts in a good effort defensively. Um, on the ball, he makes a very good presence on the perimeter. Um, good instincts playing off-ball defense. Can defend the small threes or defend the twos playing up a position. Um, and he does a good job reading and defending pick and roll defensively as well. Um, now I think where his weakness come, weaknesses come defensively is that he's not, 
uh, the quickest laterally, and he doesn't have the most strength. So that at times is going to, again, limit him defensively in terms of who he's going to be guarding. Could could lead to some matchup issues for Killian Hayes. But overall, defensively, he's adequate. And um, some of the cons, though, offensively, he's got room to improve in terms of, you know, using his other hand. He's kind of too left-hand dominant sometimes. So whether that be passing or scoring, sometimes he's just too left-hand dominant, much like what we see with R.J. Barrett when he goes to the rack. Um, you know, and he's kind of small. Again, he's um, not small. I What did I write down? I'm trying to read. He's, okay, he's still very raw. He's got small resume. He's got a very small, tiny resume. Excuse me. I'm not, I'm uh. I don't know much. I'm reading. I'm reading what I wrote down. I'm trying to read. I'm kind of lost here, but um, I have it. Small, non-flashy resume because he listen. He played. I think it was 12 games this past season in uh, fucking France, and previous two seasons he didn't play too much as well. He's on a team with a lot of veterans, so he didn't get him a, a ton of playing time. So he's kind of he has a, he doesn't have the resume that you know the other guards in this draft do. He doesn't have that much of a track record to look at and really be comfortable with. So those are some of the cons um, with uh, Killian Hayes. So I also have, we don't want to dive too much into these guys, but Tyrese Halliburton and Denny Abdija. I hope I said his name right. Abdija, Denny is a six, seven combo forward. He's a playmaking forward, you know, that really relies on skills. Um, not particularly outstanding in any category, but solid in everything right? He's great in pick and roll, a great driving kick passer, a good dump off passer, keeps the turnovers while he's diming out assists. He keeps those turnovers at a low rate. Um, He's got good handles, safe handles, not flashy handles, but good, very efficient because of his handles and how, you know, effective he uses them. Um, Good off the ball, a great cutter. So again, that meshes well with somebody like RJ Barrett. If the Knicks were to go the route of drafting a combo forward like Denny, Um, good finisher, nice touch at the rim. But overall, I think his biggest strengths are being crafty and versatile and being that good playmaking forward. Um, you know, very modern forward. You know, uh, a forward with a guard skill set, some would say. Uh, he's a hard worker, quick reflexes defensively, also communicates very well defensively, rotates well defensively on screens on both the inside and on the perimeter, and has a high defensive IQ as well. So good two-way player. Again, not really outstanding in any category, but a player who's going to make plays for his team and really make the winning plays. Now, that that begs the question, is this another safe pick, right? Somebody who lacks shooting, lacks athleticism, lacks that extra pop, that extra kick. Is it another safe pick? Can he score enough to be the next guy? Um, you know, does he have the highest ceiling? I think he's more of a high floor, lower ceiling type of player. If they were to go to the route of drafting this kid, you know, so there's that. Um, but that's, that's my thoughts on Denny. Um, I also, I also have Tyrese Halliburton, who's fucking kind of another safe pick to be honest with you. He's, he's a point guard. Um, but he's not an engine, right? He's not that guy, that floor general who is going to be outstanding at anything. He's another safe pick. A guy who needs work defensively in terms of footwork and technique, um, angling, bad balance. Sometimes he stands too upright. Um, Halliburton needs help with his um, 
disciplined defensively, much like a lot of other Knicks. He bites on, on the fakes way too often. His pick-and-roll defense is poor. Um, his lack of strength kind of hurts him defensively in terms of you know being more versatile out there. Um, not a downhill threat with his scoring. Does most of his scoring off the catch and behind the three-point line, shooting over 40% both seasons in Iowa State. Um, his offensive uh, strengths, you know, other than catch and shoot, you know, from the three-point uh, line, not much other than that and maybe passing. He's a good passer, a sharp pick-and-roll passer who will go for the flashy pass a lot and really can make every pass in the book. Um, so he's a very sharp passer who shoots the ball well. And I think that's a good, you know, something the Knicks need, passing and shooting. It's just, again, there's not really that much of a ceiling here. I, I don't think Hallie Burton is somebody who's that great. But listen, if it comes to it and if he's on the board and there aren't many, you know, if the mellow ball is not there and Hallie Burton's name seems to be on the board still, I would take him. I think it's a good option to have. It's it's a good last resort um when you're talking about who's left on the draft board. So that's an option for me. But yeah, I mean, those are just a couple of guys. Again, I don't know too much about these guys. I kind of had to read up on them and, and watch films. To, to get more of, of a legitimate opinion on them. But that's just my take on that whole thing. And we've kind of talked about these these players before in previous episodes. I think it was like, I don't know, 10 or 12 episodes ago, we kind of um, dove into the NBA draft prospects and talked about them a little more in depth. But tonight's episode, guys, I apologize if that was a little too long. Tonight's episode will be mainly NFL talk with Chuck and Mike. Um, so let's dive right into that before we get to this break. We'll be right back, and then as soon as we as soon as we get back, we'll go right into the uh, right into the video. All right, guys. Or if you're listening to this, we'll go right into the podcast. All right, guys. Real quick, guys. Just want to make sure you go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. There should be a button called subscribe and follow. Click on subscribe and follow. And that should take you to a page called outlets. Over on that page, it'll show you how to follow and subscribe to me on many different platforms, such as all of my social media outlets, such as the blog, and of course the podcast as well. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. All right, guys, so I am with uh, Buddy Chuck and my cousin Mike. Today we're just going to talk about, uh, really just touch on the uh, up, upcoming NFL draft on Thursday, and, um, and then we'll talk about the NBA draft maybe to cap things off later on. And maybe talk about um, uh, maybe talk about this, um, the last, last dance. The last oh, dance? You guys been watching that shit? Dance. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's just fire. We gotta talk about that, dude. I caught Chuck. I finally watched a couple episodes of that. Uh, the first two I saw it the other day, and um, dude, that 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 cocaine story was insane. <laughs> Traveling oh cocaine God. circus, my boy. Yo, yeah, I was la- I was laughing so hard when Jordan laughed at the name when when they said it. I was laughing. Me and my brother were laughing. Yeah. I was Traveling like, they really cocaine called that? circus. <laughs> yeah, dude, a little devil's dandruff never hurt nobody. 
<laughs> the, bro, the, meme, the memes that came out from that, the episode, were, were hilarious. Dude. <laughs> fucking, you know, the funny thing is they kept picking on that motherfucking GM. Jerry Krause, <laughs> yeah. whatever his name. They kept picking on him. Dude, the, the whole... The whole stadium booed him. That's what, like, I didn't, like, and he didn't even seem like he noticed. No, I think he, yeah, it seemed like he didn't even care. You just, like, like, wanted to be the bad guy. Yeah. Chuck, NFL draft tomorrow, man. What do you got? What are we doing? Rob, I want the Giants, I want the Giants to make the pick. I want the Giants to make Simmons, the fourth pick in the first round. We we need him. We need him. We do need a tackle as well. I do like we do need a tackle, but I feel like Simmons is the is one of the best. He's one of the best players in the draft, and you can't pass him up. Mike, that's a player. Listen, like the way I look at it is. Simmons is clearly the best defensive player on the board above everybody else. I mean, because of the versatility, puts him above uh, Jeffrey Akuda in my mind. But um, like he said, yeah, we definitely need a tackle. But at the end of the day, we have $60 million in cap space about next year. Like, you know, Laramie Tunsil is going to be a free agent next year. There's going to be plenty of moves to be made. I just think you get a player like that on defense and – you don't know whether he's going to be in the slot and whether he's going to blitz or if he's going to drop back in coverage. You can play safety. We don't have a starting safety right now. We have Jabril Peppers, and then maybe Julian Love will start. So this is really a plug-and-play guy who can really fit any need on defense right now. He could be our number one pass rusher. He could be our safety, or he can just on the field and like like I said before he he led Clemson in tackles for loss total tackles and sacks so I mean you know 6'4 239 pounds runs a 439 like you're not gonna find it anywhere else and if if the Giants had a little bit of a better defense they could have won three more games last year and made the playoffs especially mm-hmm. this year with an extra playoff team you know what I mean like I would I would go I would go all in for for Isaiah Simmons who do you, uh, if they do get somebody like Simmons, um, what do you see them in terms of win-loss uh, this upcoming season? Do you think they're going to improve? Chuck, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Mike. I feel like I feel like we can like we can improve a little bit. I, I feel like you know we're not going to be like twelve and four or like like thirteen and three, but I feel like we can definitely make a run for the playoffs. I, I feel like Simmons can push us over the top. I feel like he's that type of player. Our offense, our offense was we had a we had a decent offense. Our our defense just our defense was always on the field. Right. Uh-huh. Like we yeah. always gave up points. We Rob, we went to the games. We saw what happened. You know me point. Mm-hmm. You know how many points we gave up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, the thing is that Simmons is Simmons is going to provide like. Game-breaking plays, like a strip sack. We don't have a single person who'd be doing anything like that, and we haven't. Strip sacks, interceptions, like game-changing plays that the good teams make. You know, watch all playoff football. You're going to see good defense and impact plays that directly change the game, and I think he can do that for us. Um, I don't see a reason why we can't be 8-8, eight and eight, you know, and squeak in. Um, like he said, I don't think we're going to be 12-4, 13-3, but... With the NFC East, it's always up for it's always up for grabs. Like, look, even this past year, it came down to what the last week with the Cowboys and the Eagles. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's up for grabs. And if we want to be aggressive and take it, you need to take an aggressive pick. Because, like, the, be- the, be- the easiest way to put it is, like, can't overcomplicate the draft. You have Isaiah Simmons, who's clearly the best defensive player. So it's like, oh, you want to leave him on the board and then take a Russian roulette guess on which is the best tackle? You know what I mean? Jedrick Wills never played left tackle before. He played right tackle because Tua was a left-handed quarterback. And then, yeah, Tristan Wirfs, you know, I don't know. He's athletic. He's good. But none of them are, like, jump off the screen, unanimous best player like Laramie Tunsil was when he came out. You know, like, you, he was going to be the number one pick until the gas mask thing. But, like, you know, like, it's it's just that simple. It's like, do you want to guess on a tackle or hope you're making the right pick on a tackle? Or do you want to take the stud linebacker safety who's going to be all over the field and never leave the field? Exactly. Exactly. So, so comes out now. We, don't want, just, we don't want another – we don't want another uh, – Who's our, our last right tackle that Eric was so Flowers. Bad. We don't want Eric another Flowers. Eric Flowers. We can't oh, want He was a ninth overall pick, too. Please. We do not want that. Yeah, so like, and plus, I, like, you pick a lineman, though. Hold on one second, Robert. You pick a no. lineman, and, like, you still have to hope that the other four linemen are awesome, too. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, you have one really good lineman, but if the other guys aren't blocking, then it doesn't even matter. Like, it has to be a cohesive unit. So the biggest yeah. thing with offensive line is fit and, like, chemistry. And, like, there's really no way to know that right now, you know? It's kind of something you get lucky with almost, I feel like. I was going to get to that actually next. I want to know, in terms of our offensive line, what do you think we're going to do there? Where? Do, when do you think we'll address it? How do you think we'll address it? Is it going to be through free agency, through the draft, sometime in a later round? Um, I don't know, you, uh, Chuck, you can start, and then once again, we'll go to Mike after yeah. Like, as much as we want to go with, like, you know, Isaiah Simmons, my guess is that Gettleman is looking at drafting Makai Becton or is it Jedrick, Will- or Jedrick Willis? Willis, yeah. Well, yeah, like, I feel like that's who he's, he's leaning towards. They were even talking about... They were even talking about going with a linebacker, but that's neither here or there. But um, not a linebacker, quarterback. But I was like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna leave that leave that part alone. But <laughs> I think yeah. I feel like you could also address the li- like we could address the line in you know free agency. I don't know if there's any like like there's any like good uh, like tackles or any good offensive linemen out there for us to go get. But. No, I, I mean, like, as of, like, the free yeah. agency for this year is pretty much done, but, you know, we have a lot of good opportunities in the set with with our second-round pick, you know? We have, like, the was it the 35th overall or 36th overall pick, and, or, no, we have round two pick for you, 36th overall, and... I'm, in my mock draft, I have us taking the center, Cesar Ruiz, because if you could shore up that inside with Cesar and Will Hernandez, and that can allow us to run inside the tackles and give us that power run game up the gut. So taking a tackle won't really help the run game that much. I mean, we like to run the ball inside anyway. We don't really pitch it or anything as much as we could. But um, there's Cesar Ruiz. There's other people. But uh, like you said, free agency next year, we have so much money. And Laramie Tunsil, who's one of the best offensive tackles in the league right now, is going to be a free agent. If we could shore up this draft with, you know what I mean, getting like a solid defensive playmaker and then coming out with a receiver, that leads me to believe that next year we can just go all in on offensive line, whether it's free agency or draft or whatever. Then you have one need next year, you know what I mean? But if we could trade back, 
then and I'm more open to taking a tackle in the beginning because we go from pick 36 to pick 99 without having pick in between. So there's no, like, that's just really not good. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a lot of players go by, and that's where most of the starters come from, that second, third round, you know? And um, so uh, we would need to get some picks there to do something. You know what I mean? There's a lot I'm of, hearing, a lot of I'm hearing that some teams. I'm hearing that some teams want to move up. I'm hearing that the Falcons and the Dolphins are going to be very aggressive in this draft. That's yeah, what Patriots I'm too. Patriots are, probably, yeah. are trying to move up too. There's a lot of people trying to move up and a lot of people trying to move down. It's just getting it all figured out before the draft starts. It's going to be yeah. a problem because who knows the technical sure. issues. You know, everybody yeah, wants to everybody's Wi-Fi place. is working. You know, call Did you see that meme where like it was like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers GM or somebody's GM had all this all these monitors up and then they showed Dave yeah. Gettleman just one little monitor? Listen, I think he knows what he wants to do. He's he's got a plan. Him and Joe Judge probably have a plan and they're gonna attack it. You know what I mean? It, they're not going to let anything be decided on, like, on the whim, you know what I mean? On the fly. This is going to be very calculated for them. And, and I mean, as much as Gettle, he, he drives me insane, he's unpredictable, but he has a certain convictions and he sticks to them, you know what I mean? Like, so he's not going to just be like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to take this guy, you know? Like, everything's going to be planned out for them. And just, we just hope that they have their plan of attack, I mean. So... You don't think he's because he's gone. If he, if he doesn't land this draft, he's he's gone. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm kicking about myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you guys, Chuck? I know you heard about it, uh, Mike. You too. Gronkowski coming out of retirement. You just hear he's he's gonna join the Bucks now. Yeah, um, my brother, my brother told me, and I was like in the middle of my class, and I was like, "Are you serious?" I was like. I know he wasn't like in WWE. Like he was yeah. doing some he was doing WWE for like a month or a month or two. And then my brother told me I'm like I'm like, Are you serious? I'm like, You're joking, right? And he's like, No, nah, I'm being really serious. I'm like, Wow, that is insane. Like Yeah. Like I knew Gronkowski I knew Gronkowski wasn't done. I knew he was gonna come back. But I didn't think he was gonna come back like this. I guess he waited for the opportunity for Brady to leave. Yeah. Listen, see, that's, that's the biggest point right there is like, I mean, there's interviews for Gronk right after he retired where he was like almost crying in the interview and he was saying like the joy and like the happiness was just getting sucked out of me. And like, I knew I had to fix myself and I knew I couldn't keep going on like this. He's like, but I also knew what I signed up for. So I had to, you know, I toughed through it, but like it just became too much. And he was literally in tears. So now I'm thinking clearly... Him and Brady wanted out of New England. You know what I mean? Like, they, they were just done with the Patriot way or whatever. Like, they're done with it. And Gronk said the only person he's going to play for, play with is Tom Brady. So mm -hmm. now you give him that opportunity, of course, he's going to come up. Now it's just, what do they do with... They've got Gronkowski. They've got Cameron Brady. They've got O.J. Howard, who's a first-round pick. And then they got Jordan Leggett, who's a tight end, who's the uh, tight end for Clemson in the national championship. They're so going to get rid of one of them. Championship tight ends. Yeah. Someone's got to go. I'm surprised the Patriots didn't make a push for Howard. But also, you can't expect, like, how long is Gronk going to really play? 
he, he gives them a year, you know what I mean? And if it's a disaster year, I probably don't see him coming back. But yeah. if they win a Super Bowl, then he we got to see how um we got to see how Bruce Arians utilizes him. Yeah, and Bruce Arians is like the number one players coach. Everybody wants to play for him. He's like just show up like to practice, practice hard, and show up at game time, and and that's it. Do what else? Do whatever you want to do. Like everybody's played for him, loves him. So. It's a, it's a different environment. We're going to see how Tom Brady and Gronk can do in a more relaxed environment. Gronk's going to be able to capitalize even more off of his personality down there than he could, you know? Mm-hmm. At certain times, he had to fall in line with, with uh, Bill Belichick and stuff, but it's going to be cool to see yeah, them down Bruce, there. Bruce Arians, is a, he's, a, he's, a play, like, he's a good players coach, but he's also a no-nonsense type of coach, too. He's old school. Oh, so yeah. He's definitely Absolutely. not going to tolerate he's any nonsense. Coach. Yeah. One Super Bowl with the Steelers, he's good. He's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, speaking of, what do you guys think? Um, how do you think Joe Judge is going to fare? We kind of talked about it last time you were both on the show, but I want to hear your thoughts again real quick just on Joe Judge and what do you think? What do you expect? I'm indifferent. Like I feel like, I feel like, you know, having that experience with the Patriots, I feel like that helps. You know, like him learning, uh, like under Bill Belichick, and like him, you know, uh, also under Saban as well. But it's like this is also his first time, like coaching, like like yeah. being like the head coach. Like, he was just like the yeah. special team coach. So it's right. gonna be, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a different experience for him. So I don't know how, like, you know, like he, based on his like his press conference, reminded me of Tom Coughlin. He seems like he. He looks like he's a disciplinarian, you know, like he like a no nonsense type coach, you know, like and also like you no know, likes to have a good time as well. But I feel no, I feel like I'm you know like I'm indifferent about it. Like I I I root, you know, I'm rooting for him. I wish him the best, but I also want to see like how he fares with you know controlling the whole team, you know, like trying to take care of like everything with the offense, defense, special teams, etc. You know, offensive linemen, make sure everybody. Everything's in line with what he wants to do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm Bruce Foreman. I think the way, like, think about this. He came into the number one media market in maybe the world, and how much have you really heard from him? Not right. too much, you know. And he hasn't put his foot in his mouth coming into the season. You know, he hasn't said anything stupid. He didn't mention any players on the Giants roster by name yet. Not even in an official uh, interview or anything. So, mm-hmm. like. He, he's not committing to anybody, but what I think you're going to get from him, which is a good quality from special teams coaches, is he's dedicated to maximizing the potential in everybody on the team. You know, and that's the difference between winning team and losing teams. It's not what your stars do. It's how good you can make the worst person on the field. If you can coach that guy up, you can take the worst person on the field and coach him up, then that's going to pay dividends. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's going to be... I don't know, it just seems like he has, like, a, a direction that he wants to go in, and I, I mean, I liked Shermer, don't get me wrong, I just think that it was a little, it was a little, like, free-for-all, kind of, with the team, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, it just didn't seem like everybody was all on the same page, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that we're, that, that's one thing we're gonna get, we're gonna get more team play this year, uh, and that's what I'm hoping for, just, like, seeing guys step up. You know, a lot of people getting on the field, changing personnel, just getting everybody involved and trying to maximize the talent. The one 
thing he said that stuck out to me the most was like, he goes, I don't want to hear from one of my coaches or one of my assistant coaches what a player can't do. I want to hear what he can do and then how we can get him to maximize that. You know what I mean? Like that's so that not, that alone, I think, says a lot about him. Yeah, for sure. I think you know. I think he, he obviously um, talk is cheap. You know, the whole press conference was great and all, and we're gonna have to see what he does. But no, I think it was a solid pick. Um, we just got to see what he what he does with what with whatever he has out there. Um, I don't know if you guys we're about twenty minutes into talking about NFL. If you guys want to add anything else, because I'm sure there are a lot of things out there. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you have anything else to add. Any other opinion? Just uh, one thing. I just like I want to emphasize that the Giants need to come out of this draft with a big body wide receiver because Sterling Shepard had four concussions last year alone. Uh, Golden Tate's older. You know what I mean? He's not what he was with the lions or, you know what I mean? Like or Seattle, wherever he was, but, um, he, he's not that anymore. And, and Slayton's good. Darius Slayton's good, but he's, he's not a number one receiver. Look at the free. You can just tell by his build. Like he's not going to be Deandre Hopkins. He's not going to be a number one guy. Um, just, we need a big body red zone threat. We left way too many points on the board going for field goals last year. Way yeah. too many points on the board. Yeah. In the games where it's 21 to nine, where it could be 21, 21 or 21, 17. You know what I mean? Like we just can't like getting a finisher. We get a finisher down there. Uh, yeah. Our, that, our, bright really spot, for that, our bright spot, our bright spot was Saquon, you know, mm-hmm. and he was, and you know, we had times where Golden Tate was, you know, Golden Tate was, you know, good, a bright spot too. Like he helped yeah. out our as well. So yeah, I would definitely say we, that we, we scored on some, we scored some big plays. Like, but like if you go back and watch all of our touchdowns, they either come from like it's either like a run from three yards out, or it's like a big play from fifty yards down the field. Like we never mm-hmm. scored from twenty yards out or fifteen yards out. Like it just doesn't happen. You know, we just left points on the board, and, and we lost games because of it. We lost that Cowboys game because of the uh, the one that was at home. That was, like, that was bad loss, but we lost that because leaving points on the board. Went down, first possession, field goal. You know what I mean? Like, we got to stop doing that. We got to stop. Mm-hmm. That's really do we, all do, that. Do we feel like the – do we feel like anybody is going to move into the top five? Right now, it's it's completely unpredictable. I mean, unless someone out of nowhere wants to come for a quarterback, but I don't see any of these quarterbacks being good enough to trade up like that. It, so I don't know. So do you, so who do you think is gonna go before who who do you think is gonna go after uh, Burrow? Is it gonna be Herbert or is it gonna be um no. uh, no. I I personally would take no, quarterbacks. Tua. But yeah. I, would, I would, I would sit, I would sit him down and be like, "Listen, you're not Steve Young and you're not Russell Wilson. Like, you got to stop thinking you can run around like that. You know, mm-hmm. you need to stay in the pocket, protect your health, protect the investment. But the way he throws the ball is unmatched compared to any other quarterback. And like, it's just the thing is like, yeah, injuries are an issue. But who's to say you take Justin Herbert and he gets like his neck snapped? You know what I mean? The next play, where like he has the same injury. You know what I mean? Like. People get injured. At least you know what you're dealing with 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 Tua's right now. As far as right now, you know, like it is what it is. But I wouldn't pass it up. I wouldn't pass it up because you're either gonna be good 
or it's going to be bad and you have another shot at the quarterback. Like That's know. exactly what they said. They said that, you know, you could coach that. You can't coach anything else. Like, he, he could throw the deep ball. He's very accurate. He's like he's like a left-handed Russell Wilson. All he needs to do yeah. is, you know, you know when, when the play is over, throw it away or yeah, get out of bounds. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, he tries exactly. to like he, plays I mean, when they're not there. Yeah, because in the NFL, it's harder to make those, you know, those college-style plays where you extend the play and fire it deep, and it's a touchdown. Like, those don't really happen as much unless you're Pat Mahomes and, like, chances, of, you know what I mean? Like, there's no one else who's Pat Mahomes, so. And, like, Jordan, I think they're doing Jordan Love a big disservice by comparing him to Mahomes. Because, like, he's not. He's not him. He's not that good. He's really not that good. He, he had a good, one good season in college, and that was it. And, like, there's been so many quarterbacks that have a strong arm and can move in the past 20 years, but none of them got drafted because there was no one to compare them to. Like, you know, you weren't comparing them to Pat Mahomes. Now he's got that, and someone's going to take him in the first round, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to suck for them. Like, how they're going to do the virtual thing. I want to see if there's going to be yeah, some, like, technical difficulties and yeah. stuff like that. Like, it's I think very they made a, they're allowing, for, I think they're allowing for a, lot, a couple extra minutes on the clock in case something happens. They'll, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt for the time, I think. I think I saw that somewhere. I'm not sure, but. Okay. 25 hours, 36 minutes, and 53 seconds as I speak. That's when the draft will begin. Tomorrow Woo! night, guys. Tomorrow night. Fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. Listen, man. Fingers it's crossed. I just want a winning product, man. (laughs) I just want a winning product again. So whatever the hell we can do, I don't have as much knowledge on the Giants as you know as your typical diehard fan will, like you guys. But Mm -hmm. I think we all just want to fucking win. We all just want to win. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, there's no real wrong pick. I mean, in this draft, there's no one I see on the board who's like, "Wow, you took him." You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna be that shock and awe factor. It's just. Everybody's a good pick. It's just trying to get the most you can out of it. You know, that's where everybody that's where everybody starts to conflict. You know, but right. at the end of the day, we're gonna get a new player who's gonna be better than we had before, hopefully. And you know, I'll, I'll support whoever we pick. You know, I'm not gonna be that dude who's like, "Fuck this!" Like, if the lions, let's hope that it works. If the lions are stupid and they, they don't draft, and they and they don't draft the cooter, you might as well get him because we can use a corner. We can use a corner like corner. We got Bradbury now. We got Beaker going into his second year. We drafted a lot of corners last year. I mean, I think Okuda's the best corner coming out in a while just because, mm-hmm. like, the last couple drafts, the best corner on the list was not a top five pick or not even projected to be a top five pick. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they don't do that for no reason. Like, if you're taking a corner, I think he's that good. It's just, see, I, I would be happy with that. I think Simmons, you get more out of him, you mm-hmm. know, and he can cover the slot and stuff just as well, like, but in terms of, like, that one-on-one lockdown on the outside against your best receiver, yeah, Kuda's probably, you know what I mean, not a bad pick. Like, I'd be okay with it. Definitely are we staying okay in a 3-4 or are we in a 4-3? I think, I think we're moving back to a 4-3. Four, 4-3? Four, okay. I believe. 
It's also going to depend on the personnel, but you know what I mean? Exactly who we bring in. Okay. What do you prefer? I, I just heard... Uh, wait, wait, say that again, Rob? What do you prefer, 4-3 or 3-4? Three, 4-3. Four? Four, three. I think... I, th- I I prefer 4-3, and I think that is better for Simmons, too, because he's going to... When you have less linebackers, you can cover more ground. I mean, the only real difference is, like... In 3-4, it's like your outside linebackers are kind of like your DNs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just that. Simmons is not a rusher. Like, he'll get, like he's a he's a good he speed rusher. Yeah, he, like, he would have to get around. Like, if he gets on an old lineman, they're going to push him around. Yo, watch the tape, though. He comes flying through the middle on those those sneaky blitzes. Yeah, well, yeah. The thing is, his, his closing speed is the biggest thing. He can start 15 yards off the ball, and when you say hike, he's right in front of you. Like, he covers ground real fast. And this day of age with the, the Lamar Jacksons and Russell, everybody who can run like yeah, that. Yeah, you need, you need a, catch. a quarterback spy. You, you need, need a spy. to catch them. Yeah. So if we played, listen, the way that, not this past year, but the year before, Lamar Jackson's rookie year, he was 8-1 when they brought him in as a starter. He got into the playoffs when they played San Diego. They brought in their backup safety and put him at linebacker and said, go wherever Lamar Jackson goes. And they shut him down in that playoff game. And they won. That's the only way to beat them is to have someone who's athletic enough to spy and actually, and with 4-3-9 speed, you know what I mean? There's no one getting away from that. He's got to protect the outsides. It's just, he's got to cover tight ends. Because even Jabril was getting beat on with the tight ends last year. Mm-hmm. You know? O.J. Howard beat... Beat uh, Jabril Peppers into the end zone. Luckily, he dropped the ball, but that would have changed that game against the Bucks last year. We would have lost. Yeah, yeah. I just think you can't go wrong with Simmons. Like, even if he's right. just a good safety or yeah. just he, a good linebacker, if he's good at one thing, it doesn't matter. He can. We do can guarantee plays. like he, yeah. he's a sure thing. Yeah, he's exactly. Right. Thing. It's it's and, like and, um, and, they, and Gettleman said once he said. You have to ask yourself when you take someone at four, would they be a top four pick in any draft or just this year? And it's like, I think Simmons would be a top four pick in almost any draft or top mm-hmm. five. You know what I mean? Almost any draft that he came out in, you know? Right. There's a, there's a high floor there, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's a very, safe pick. Very worst floor. comes to worst. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to, we're about 25, uh, 28 minutes into the podcast BD4. So guys, if you haven't yet, please sure uh, be sure to subscribe to BD4 on all the platforms we have. Go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Guys, I'm going to switch over real quick. We'll transition, uh, cap off with a little bit of uh, NBA draft talk. Um, that's mm-hmm. obviously, we, it's still a bit up in air. We don't know if the season is still under, but we don't know when mm-hmm. that's going to continue or if it will at all. But um, yeah, it's not happening is, the day yeah. they, uh, they said it was going to happen. No, they, it's obviously way past that, and um, I don't think the NBA in, as a whole is going to continue. I think at this point, it's probably best just to shut it down, and um, I'm in that mode right now where I'm kind of just over it, and I think it's just going to be finished, so I'm kind of moving on, and I, I just I want to talk a little bit about the uh, upcoming NBA draft, specifically for the Knicks, because I'm a, unfortunately, I'm a giant Knicks fan. I've watched... All 82 games, 48 minutes a night. Um, something's wrong with me for sure, but I do it. <laughs> um, and this draft, obviously the Knicks need as much talent as they can get. Uh, they need to fill some holes on that roster. And this draft isn't necessarily the deepest draft. It doesn't have all the talent in the world. But 
I have been doing a little bit of research. I've been watching some film, uh, reading up on some scouting reports, and I jotted a couple guys down. Um, in particular, it's it's a bunch of guards. I know the mellow ball, I guess we'll start with him. The mellow ball is kind of the guy who's been drawing all the hype. Um, I don't know, so what do you got? Do you guys think LaMelo is going to, to be all-star caliber? Is he going to be solid, maybe just a normal starter? Or do you think he's going to – I don't know. What do you guys think of him? LaMelo, compared to his brothers, he's he's good. But Probably the better one? Yeah, man, I would say uh, – Oh, yeah. No, like, like we got to see how he's going to fare in the NBA. But, like, like, Lonzo, he's doing a good job where he is right now. But, you know, he, he's a better shooter. You know, like, I would say better passer or all around, like, IQ, like, but he still needs to learn. Like, he, there was something, he, he still needs to clean up, like, defense and, there's, like, you know, so he needs to work a, on his IQ. There's a couple passes. things. Yeah, there's a couple of things. He's, I wrote down a few things. He's obviously a very good scorer. He can score on all three levels, um, you know, hit you, hit your shots in the interior. He can hit on the perimeter, and he's got a nice mid-range floater as well. Um, he could shoot when he shoots, it's, he's very effective off the dribble, but I think the percentages are going to vary game to game because of his shot selection. That's a big thing. Yeah. He, a lot of times he likes to shoot those 35 footers or likes yeah. to shoot over, over, you know, taller defender or tries to make the tough shot as that's opposed to making the winning play. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's one of my concerns there. Um, he's kind of a crafty point guard more toward more as opposed to being, uh, an athletic wing. Um, so that's something there. He's not the most athletic. Um, and then, obviously, you know, he does have a lot of talent. He can score. And he's a very high high IQ passer when he does make those passes. He's a very flashy passer. But the biggest thing here I'm concerned about is if the Knicks do go after somebody like Ball, how the hell are they going to deal with LeVar in Madison Square Garden in NYC? How the hell is this? Listen, listen, listen. LaMelo's good. He's a good player. I, I think that the, his name... Would we be talking about him the same way without, you know, that last name? I don't know. But whether there's smoke, there's fire, you know what I mean? Like, with everybody. Like, with everybody. And and that's just been... People shy away from stuff like that. They do in the draft. It's unfortunate, but you know what I mean? Like, Laramie Tunsil could have been... I mean, I know it's football, but could have been the overall pick. You know, the gas mask thing. He slipped. Like, people, when they smoke, there's fire. And, like, I don't know. Who knows that, like that his style of play is going to even really translate to the NBA. Like, I mean, playing with those weird leagues in Australia or whatever, it's like you can kind of do whatever you want, dude. Like, you know, you're the American guy coming over. You can do whatever. But, like, to bring that to the garden where there's so much tradition and history and, like, a certain way of doing things, I just don't see it fitting in. Me, personally, I would see the next OB top and jams it down and... Even if we're not going to, like, no one we take is going to fix us next year. We're going to suck regardless, probably, going into next year. But you get someone, like, you give this year about, you know what I mean? Like, those couple slam dunks that happen, you know what I mean? Like, those alley-oops. You give them something to bring some energy and some interesting. Um, I like him, and then my, we like to see is, where does James Wiseman go? He was going to... Unanimous first overall pick until he got uh, he got expelled not expelled but he got uh, suspended let's say from playing for Memphis because of the whole thing with Penny Hardaway and like you know what I mean but uh, he only played like ten games and then they they suspended him 
So uh, who knows? Who's gonna, he's a center, I think, but like, who knows yeah. what's going to happen with him? Um, at this yeah. point, I'm all for just getting the talent, the most talented guy out there. But yeah. at the same time, I think there's there's got to be a balance. I think the Knicks are in desperate need of a point guard, and they're in desperate need of talent. And if you're going to look at those two things, I think there are a few guys on the board who play. Um, there's a lead guard I'm looking at for French. His name is Killian Hayes. I've been following him for a little bit. Watch some scouting reports on him uh, in film. He's a good scorer. He penetrates the lane. He's got good size at his position, so he can play the point guard, the lead guard. You know, he's a good combo guard, can play shooting guard, off the ball. Creative ball handler. I think the Knicks need somebody who can handle the ball and be aggressive out there. He's a good passer. But the thing with Hayes is he's not a great shooter, and that's the thing the Knicks really need. Is that guy out there in the draft that can really play, make, and shoot at the same time? I'm not sure if they have a guy in that in this current draft class that can do a little bit of both. Um, the Knicks need that. So maybe their best fit, uh, their best option is just going, you know, going and getting that most talented big man or whoever. You know, Toppin's an option. Or uh, is Cole is Cole Anthony coming? Cole is Anthony is yeah, he's he's uh, declaring for the draft. The thing with him. A lot of people are comparing him to somebody like DSJ, uh, and if you've watched the Knicks, uh, if you watch the Knicks, DSJ <laughs> not yeah, exactly. He he's kind of yeah. A lot of people think Cole Anthony makes the losing plays, makes the plays just to score as opposed to the benefit of the team. He's somebody who could be a little bit reckless, but I don't know, man. There's just no you know. I'm looking at this list. There's no guy that stands out in front of everybody else. So I don't know what they're gonna do. The Knicks. I just I just hope they do what is best and it's 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 kind of just make some trades I mean, they need, they need, that's they what we were talking about the group chat yeah they gotta make they gotta make a decision they gotta make a decision what direction they want to go in do you want to draft like are you trying to draft a player this year who you're going to build around or are you trying to draft someone who's going to fit into what you're going to do forward because those are two totally different things you know what i mean if you want to pick someone who's going to fit into whatever you plan on doing going forward then your options are a little bit more open. I think if you're gonna pick someone who's just who you want to just build around, you gotta go best talent. You know, right? And I think but they I, have. I think we could build around RJ if you just get him, right. get him someone to you know take a little bit of the heat off of him. You can't bring the ball up the court all the time. Right, and I think a good it's a good starting. Barrett and Robinson are definitely a good starting point. I think they are. Promising options to build around. The problem is getting that core around them. And um, if you do want to go the route of trading for somebody good, you just have to be careful. You don't want to trade away, you know, too much to where that that star coming in has nothing around him. So I think there just needs to be, you know, hopefully Leon Rose is smart here. Um, you know, their new president. Hopefully they can fix everything up there in that front office because that's obviously where it's going to start in New York. And um. We'll see where it goes from there. I don't want to talk Knicks too much because they bore the shit out of me, and we've talked about them plenty here on BD4 before. So, guys, if you have any lost, uh, any last thoughts, either on the NFL draft, the NBA, or anything in sports right now, be sure to you know add them right now if you want. Anything I, my, you want my brother just told me that the Leonard Williams just signed a tender with the Giants. He signed. He signed the franchise. The franchise. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that means we're. St- I guess that means we're stuck with him this year. Yeah. Wait, who's Leonard Williams? Leonard Williams is the D lineman. We traded for the Jets. We traded third round and fifth round to the Jets for, him. and we got him this. But he, his deal was up after this past season, 
So we had to either franchise him or sign him long term. We franchise tagged him, luckily, because I don't want to sign him long term. I don't. We don't really know what we're gonna like. We didn't get a big enough sample size from him last year, and this year will be more accurate reading because we're gonna have more players around him. But he's with us for this year. I hope we can get it. Yeah. I'm just see. He he can make. He's just not. He's not a sack guy. But our run, he is a good run stuffer. We have a lot of run stuffers. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Stuffers. I know. But, but we still don't stuff the run because we don't have <laughs> any linebackers. I mean, now we got Martinez and Fackrell. You know, Martinez led the NFL. Led uh, like the NFL in tackles, maybe. He's not. He's not amazing. You know. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, they like a lot of people were like, with the comments when we when we signed Blake Martinez. Like I was looking at the comments on Facebook, some people were indifferent about him. They were like, he's like he's a good tackler. Like he just can't cover. He's not a well, good coverage tackler. That's I, a lot I feel of like that's a little bit. It's a teeny bit misleading just because like he, in his scheme, he was like he was a uh, kind of what they would call a cleanup crew. You know, like, they let the D-line rush as much as they want, and his job was just to sit back there and clean up whatever came underneath him, you know what I mean? So he, his, his tackles are definitely inflated. He was just never really asked to cover too much. And, like, due to the zone schemes and stuff, he always covered his responsibility. There's a lot of the time the play calling didn't match up, you know, and, the, and that's where he got beat. But right. I, I'm optimistic about him. So I think the Giants can do something this year. Not like when in a Super Bowl, but you know, do something. <laughs> mm-hmm. You guys been watching? You guys see that uh, last weekend? They were showing the Giants Patriots Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah I watched was it awesome. three times since I've been watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right, guys. So pretty much, you know, what it is for the NFL and the Giants. We want. I think we're all in agreement that Simmons is probably the best option. And as for the Knicks in the draft, I just think they either need to to get somebody who has the most talent. Kind of just have have get somebody who has the balance of, of fitting in and somebody who's talented. I think just find the right balance there. And guys, yeah. I can't uh, I can't uh, thank you enough for joining the show. This is episode 107 now. So guys, I appreciate Woo! you both coming on. Um, and for those who are listening or watching, be sure to go to my website nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com to follow, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. Guys, just want to remind you this episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor, a free podcasting platform that distributes your podcast for you and allows you to record straight from your phone. Guys, go to anchor.fm or just download the Anchor app. Both of you, Chuck, Mike, thanks guys so much for joining and that's it. Ciao. See you later.